Welcome to the Conquer Your Draft Podcast, where fantasy champions are made. Welcome back to the Conquer Your Draft Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Josh, and with me today is Mike. How you doing, Mike? Well, um, you know, it's it's they say it's lonely at the top. Um, I think it's lonely and seed number two as well <laughs> so i think it's lonely at the top and it's lowly right below the top our season's over we're into fantasy playoffs for us uh you finished first during the regular season i finished second but there's quite a gap at least in terms of wins uh between you and myself and everybody else like you and i there's only one win that separated the two of us but uh quite a few that separates us from everybody else. Yep, there was a, a nice four four win gap between second and third. Will that mean anything? Probably not. Probably not. Be, this is my tough week. I I I, <laughs> I dislike this week more so than actually any of my other weeks. If I can get through this week, I'm gonna but better this is going to be a rough one what is with these saturday games like what, uh, what's going on here well i think it's because next next sunday would be christmas day so i think they're just trying to get as many games in ahead of time as possible maybe i okay but they're playing on christmas like they've got games scheduled for christmas i know i'm sure you know there's some on other days too but i'm just saying that it seems suddenly out of nowhere they're going to throw another different day and and athletes are creatures of creatures of habit so i'm a little concerned well it might be because they have a bunch of saturday games the next week too so maybe to get them prepared for it they decided to do it a week early and if i remember correctly the playoffs have saturday games so they they do yeah yeah that could make some sense it's just you you know how bad thursdays can be so, you know, again, they're creatures of habit. So these early games don't often go well. So I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned. I have a lot of players who are playing Saturday and frankly, I'm worried. Well, now you were concerned about the Thanksgiving ones too, and they all turned out to be pretty good games. So that maybe you'll a, get lucky. That was unpredictable though. Like that, <laughs> that was a bit. That was a bit out of the ordinary. Like normally Thursday games have not been very good. Historically, they're not very good. Th- those Thanksgiving games were incredible, like all three of them. And I don't know if I've ever seen that. <laughs> Where you get three Thursday games right in a row that are all excellent. Well, we're recording this on Thursday, so maybe the 49ers and Seahawks tonight will uh, kick things off in a high gear for the rest of the week, and then you don't have to worry so much. Yeah, maybe I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to start DK Metcalf though. No, I think Geno Smith's going to have a pretty rough time tonight, but yeah. uh, we'll see. Um, you you have quite a few bad matchups this week, though. You're you're yep. not wrong to be worried. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> you, you've got the Buffalo game, and what sounds like it'll be some pretty crazy weather. Just some bad matchups for some of your other players. It's. Uh, this, I mean, this, I this could be hard for you. I want to talk about how poorly that the fantasy is is projecting some some players um, yeah you're, you're projected to lose right now i'm projected to lose which i think is an absolute ridiculous statement um because if you look 
player for player, I think I actually match up against my opponent quite well. And what I really don't like is how I think the quarterbacks, I think, so I've got Taylor Heineke right now as my backup for some reason because of Tua, you know, because I, I had Garoppolo and I'm not going to play Tua this week um, against Buffalo. So I went with Heineke because the New York Giants and the Washington Commanders just played to a 2020 tie. He had just over 20 points against defenses similar He's, you know, he's been able to get 18, 24, 17 points. So he's projected, I think, a little low at 16. But Deshaun Watson, who my opponent picked up off waivers that you dropped, is projected to get something like 23 or 25 points. 25, yep. Which is against Baltimore, which I think is absolutely ridiculous considering his game against Houston was awful. He bounced back a little bit against Cincinnati. I mean, 18 points. Deshaun Watson having 18 point, you know, game after what he did with five points. Okay, fine. If he has 18 or 20 points this week, I think that's a win for Watson. 25 is absolutely like laughable. Where are they coming up with that? I'm pretty sure that's what they projected him because because he was on my roster uh, for mm-hmm. those two games on my bench, and he was projected to get 25 points or 23 points in both of those. Um, obviously, Ridiculous. never never hit that. <laughs> So, yeah, maybe they're just still looking at him in the lens of the last time we saw him playing football and they haven't adjusted to what we've seen so far on the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a I'm a little annoyed with Deshaun Watson as well, because I have Nick Chubb on my fantasy lineup and he has been pretty bad since Deshaun Watson came back. I mean, it was going downhill a little bit before that, yeah. but he hasn't broken 10 points for my team in uh, the past two weeks. So that's kind of. I'm 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 looking at between Nick Chubb and J.K. Dobbins this week. They're in the same game, and I don't know which one I trust more because uh, of how bad the Browns' defense is at stopping the running back. Yeah, I don't blame you for thinking that. Like it's been, uh, it it's going to be a very interesting couple of weeks, especially like we we've talked about um, the teams that are battling for a playoff spot. And and how we how that could go in the next couple of weeks, it it could be really interesting for fantasy playoffs. What what happens? And I think the unpredictability is going to start happening now. Like I think this is where you start seeing things that are more unpredictable. Matchups are going to become a little bit tighter because people are playing. For, if they're not playing for the playoffs, they're playing for jo- jobs, right? So. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm a little worried about having Jalen Hurts as my quarterback going into the playoffs because I don't know when they're going to pull a plug on him. You know, um, will he play all the way until week 18 and then they sit mm-hmm. him? Will they start sitting him in week 17 during our Super Bowl? I guess the question for me then is, for you, maybe we need to grab the schedule here, but how far are they from clinching their division? Because that might be it, right? Once they clinch the division they might pull it at like, or, or first place. Like they want that buy, right? So I, I don't, they, to me, they have something to play for until they've clinched their division and they've clinched first place so they can get the buy up until then you, you should be fine. At least you think you would be. Yeah. I know they, they clinched the playoffs already. Yes, They did do that. Yeah. I'm not sure how many more games they need to win for the, to clinch a buy because they're, they're two games up on the next closest team, so I don't think they would need more than two more games, no. really. I mean, so. 
if they're By already week 17, two games they up, could yeah, have it. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, if, if, if they're already two games up and they win this week and their opponent loses, suddenly they're, they're a win away. Or like they, sorry, the person who's right behind them loses. Suddenly oh. they're, they're a win away. Come on, Kirk Cousins, uh, get the Vikings <laughs> a win. <laughs> well, I mean, they're playing the Colts, so you have a chance there. But I, yeah, yeah, I think for you, the best thing that could happen is that the Vikings stay competitive. Because if I really you want that now, that first place is really valuable because it's the only one that gets a buy. You want to rest your players, you want to get set, you want to watch the matchups in the first week, study your potential opponents. So I really think that the Eagles will probably keep everyone going until then. So for you, you're you're a Vikings fan until this is all over. Yep, absolutely. Um yeah, I, I mean, I don't really love the idea of riding Mike White to a Super Bowl championship against the Seahawks, if that's the <laughs> Is case. Is that your backup now? You picked up Mike White? I did, yeah, because he has a great playoff schedule, and I did not want him used against me. Yeah, I mean, the thing about, he, man, he really got, he really got, like, hit hard a couple oh, times in the past. Yeah. Like, he, I don't know how healthy he is. I don't know. Well, he's, you know, he, he's limited in practice. Yeah. But I believe the expectation is he's going to play this weekend. Yeah. And maybe he loses some more ribs this weekend. I don't know. We'll see. Listen, uh, I looked at him like I needed a quarterback. I had Baker Mayfield, which isn't, you know, the magic he showed isn't going to happen again. So I dropped Mayfield for Heineke. I looked at Mike White, but I'm like, I don't know. He might be banged up. Like, I'm I'm, I'm uncertain. And honestly, like, I, I want to play Tua. It's just this week is not the week to play him. Not against the Bills in a potential like snowstorm again or terrible rain or whatever it's going to be doing. Yeah, that that one's really disappointing because if it was a nice weather game, that would probably be one of the top scoring games on the week. But with with the weather, you have no idea if this is going to be a 10-7 game or a 40-37 to game or something crazy. Like, it really all depends. And then even then, it might just be running backs nonstop picking yeah. up points and the quarterbacks are just kind of there to to hand the ball off, you know, because we see that a lot come the heavy snow because it's just so hard to throw and catch because everyone's hands are frozen. Yeah. And the weather to me is sort of the 80% of my decision. And then the other 20 was, and the bills have a good defense to begin with. So you got bills that have a pretty good defense. The weather's going to be terrible. I don't think Tua is going to be at his absolute best. So that's where I thought, okay, I've got to put someone else in there. And I like the Commanders-Giants game to be close, which means your quarterback's playing the full game. And I I like the potential of these offenses to explode every once in a while. I know, like, the, and again, in a 2020 tie, the last time these two teams played, he still had 21.6 points, Heineke did. So that's good. If I can get that out of my quarterback, I'll be satisfied this week. Because I should have big points from players elsewhere, so we'll we'll see what happens. Well, I think we uh, have a contractual obligation to let the uh, listeners know that your fantasy Grim Reaper struck again last week uh, <laughs> yeah. with T Higgins injuring himself in the warm up. Yeah, um, I guess it worked out both. In your favor in the end, though, because while the Grim Reaper took T. Higgins away from you, he also took away Ramondre Stevenson from your opponent. So it balanced itself out, I suppose, and you were able to sneak out a victory. I guess so. I just I just didn't care about this week that much. Well, because ultimately, I, it didn't make a difference. It, it didn't make a difference. It wasn't going to change anything. So I just, I, would, I was hoping my, my um, 
my team would just stay healthy. <laughs> like that they was really not. my hope. And they didn't do that. They couldn't even do that. I didn't need a win. I just needed my team to be healthy. But here we are. Now I now I mean, you know my receiver situation is is interesting. So I don't yeah, know. you uh, you could be in trouble if T. Higgins doesn't play. Uh, he's I listed know. right now as day to day, so I guess you'll just have to keep an eye on that as the weekend comes. And he has attended practice twice, just was limited. But he's practicing, so it's not like he he practiced Wednesday and Thursday. It's just he's been limited at both. So yep. that's usually a sign that may, if he can full practice Saturday, he's in there. Yep. Uh, the other half of that, Ramondre Stevenson, still not practicing due to his ankle injury. And yeah. uh, Kyler Murray is now out for the season with a torn ACL. Oh, that's, uh, I mean, the, you know, heartbreaking first and foremost for, for Kyler Murray, but also for the Cardinals fans. I mean, they're having such a rough season. They've had flashes of them turning it around and then him to go down with that injury. That's just like, oof. That's uh, yeah. And tough. the timing is bad too, because you're almost towards the end of this season mm-hmm. and ACLs are such a long rehab process. Like I wouldn't be surprised if it's at least halfway through next season, by the time he's really, like really back to himself and able to play effectively. Yeah. Um, Cause yeah. like, well look at JK Dobbins, like last year he tore his ACL at in the preseason and he never came back until what we, week two week four of this year might have been week four yeah i think it was was, i think it was more than two like i think it was a couple of weeks yeah and then i then he left for another few weeks after that so uh, it was week three he came back and then he also missed week seven to 13 so it's uh it's it's not a good timing for him hopefully his rehab goes as smoothly as possible and he can get back out there but you're absolutely right it it's Horrible for the Cardinals fans. Um, and the, you pretty much just saw your any chance you had at trying to sneak into the playoffs go up and smoke at that point. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Like, I think I think they their season has to be done. I really don't think that the Cardinals can make it. I think they're, they're just done. And, you know, it's part of the game. But honestly, it, everyone knows it sucks. It sucks when that kind of stuff happens, when you see those injuries happen. It seems like once a year we get in this situation where a quarterback um, goes down and it kind of just ends the season for that team. Like, it's a real shame. Yep, absolutely. Um, speaking of getting knocked out of playoff contention. Uh, the Denver Broncos are, were officially knocked out, and Russell Wilson was unable to finish the game against Kansas City with a concussion. They uh, uh, have that guy locked up to a lot of money for a lot of years. Um, I don't know what Denver's going to do this offseason, but oh, this was now, a disaster of a season. To be fair, though, he did step up against Kansas City after yeah, a yeah. terrible start to the game where... I was keeping track of it on my phone, and I think it was twenty-one nothing at one point, mm-hmm. and then or twenty-seven nothing, and then the next time I looked at it, it was almost tied. So he he did almost come back, and he ended up. If you started him, even with him exiting early, he still had thirty something fantasy points. You know, um, if he could do that more consistently, then that would well, be great. But that's what they spent yeah. the money for, right? That <laughs> that was the Russell Wilson they thought they were getting, yeah. um, and he just decided to show up once this season, I guess. I- yeah, I just I don't know what happened. I he's he's been a great quarterback in the past. It just seems to me that he didn't have it this year. Maybe he doesn't have the weapons around him. 
that's something they could try to fix in the offseason, but you have to be worried. Like if again, if you're management, you are worried because he hasn't played well this year. Like overall, you can't look and give him a I think a very positive grade or score for the year. No, no, definitely not. And where they're now officially out of playoff contention, I'm kind of interested to see what they do over the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. I mean, a concussion, like, it's still very possible he could be ready to go for this week. Um, that remains to be seen, because I think he was limited, so he's still progressing through the concussion protocol. But where you already know you have nothing to gain anymore this season, other than your potential draft position, I don't know if maybe they start looking at different things at quarterback or, you know, just say, nope, we want to make sure you're healthy for next year. And we're just going to say, screw it for this season. And we'll play our <laughs> quarterbacks and see what we have at depth. Um, I, I don't really know because it's, it's, it's not an injury, you know, that should plague him long-term. He, once he's out of the concussion protocol, he should be good to go. So it's not kind of like a Matthew Stafford situation where like, no, for your safety and for, our team's future we're not going to let you play anymore this season and same Mm -hmm. thing with like cooper cup right like they've just accepted reality we're not going to risk bringing you guys back early for nothing totally so i don't know what they're going to do with russell wilson i'll be interested to see yeah i i do think it makes for a very interesting offseason i mean they're not the only team i think that are in a position where they've got to make some changes i i know we saw a bit of a quarterback carousel this past season we saw quite a few i think big changes between this year and last year i think the last couple of seasons have been pretty active in the off season so i think i think we're going to see another one where teams feel they need to start making moves they need to do something um i think the especially owners around the league i think leashes are a lot shorter than they were like, I think they're ready to fire people and move on if they need to, because they want to win. They want to win now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another injury that could have been pretty devastating for some fantasy lineups out there was Damian Pierce with his mm. uh, ankle injury. So what's what's really crucial about that is the timeline for the recovery, because right. it's typically one to three weeks. Oof. This is week one, the start of the fantasy playoffs. So even if he go, if he goes the full length of it, he won't be back until after the, your fantasy championships, assuming they're in week 17. Oof. The Texans don't aren't in contention for a playoff spot. So he's another one. I don't know if they're going to want to bring him back. They know what they have in him. They've seen it all season. And now why risk your team's future at the running back position for nothing, right? It's the same thing thing that I was talking about with Russell Wilson. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to bring him back or not. The smart move, honestly, is to shut him down. So it's, yeah, I I feel like his, yeah, you're right. I feel like for fantasy owners, there's probably no point in keeping him at this point. No, like, I mean, I personally, I had him on my, my roster all season. I used him when I could, but I, I let him go this week because I'm of the opinion that, well, even if he does come back, the matchups that he has over the fantasy playoffs aren't great. Mm. And I don't know that he's even going to come back. So I, I dropped him to pick up JK Dobbin, I believe was who I, uh, who I picked up and, Oh no, sorry. I picked up Dallas Goddard because he's supposed to be coming off the injured reserve, but I just wasn't willing to hold up a roster spot for someone who might not play again during the fantasy season and whose performance has not been great lately. Uh, just because of how bad the Texans is, you know, eventually you can keep giving him the ball 20 something times a game, but eventually 
the, your opponent's going to figure out what you're doing and they're going to just focus yeah. in on him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Tyler Huntley left early for the Ravens with a concussion, but he's been fully cleared. He's back to practice. They haven't named him as the starter, but I don't know who else they would play if not him. So I think it's just assumed that he will be the starter again this uh, week since Lamar Jackson is out. So the, I, I don't really know what to expect if you're, if you have a uh, Ravens receiver with Tyler Huntley, they ran the ball a lot last week with J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. Uh, J.K. Dobbins looks like he's back full tilt and they want to get him more work. So it might be a run heavy game, especially knowing that Cleveland's bad against against opponent running backs. Mm-hmm. Um, I know having Mark Andrews has been pretty rough for the past few weeks. He's not been doing very good because of all the issues that have been going on at quarterback with Lamar getting hurt and then Tyler yeah. Huntley getting hurt. It's been rough having him, but he still leads the team in targets. So it's not someone that you can really sit unless you have another really good option. So, no, and the Ravens are still in it, right? Like they're still they're yeah, holding they, on to a playoff spot. Like they, they're going to be in battles for the rest of, of the couple weeks. So it makes sense to play them. Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're going to have to play until all the way through probably because mm-hmm. they're only nine and four right now. And yeah. the t- there's a team in a wild card spot that's nine and four and eight and five. So if they start losing games, their playoff spot could disappear pretty quickly. Yeah. Definitely. Um, but that is it for news as of today. And again, we're recording this on Thursday. But uh, we'll get into our review of week 14, and we'll start with the quarterbacks. So for at the quarterback position for Conquerors, we had Trevor Lawrence, Jalen Hurts, Jared Goff, Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, Geno Smith, Patrick Mahomes, and Brock Purdy. So we had a lot of quarterbacks do very well last week. I think the most surprising one was probably Russell Wilson, but we already talked about him. I mean, Brock Purdy's performance was also yeah, pretty remarkable. That was going to be the one that, that I switched to was Brock Purdy because he, well, the 49ers in general destroyed Tampa Bay. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my goodness. That wasn't that even was, close. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Oh man, it was brutal. I, I was uh, surprised that, that's the first time that Tom Brady has lost to somebody starting, like making their first NFL start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's but uh, the uh, the Buccaneers' offense just seems like a mess right now. So I don't. You got to really take a gut check before you start one of the Buccaneers players in your fantasy lineup. Now yeah, that they're the playoffs. all over the place. Like they're all over the place. I don't know if if there's really anyone who's super consistent. Um, they're just. I don't think so. Like, I I don't even think. Definitely not any of their receivers, and you never know. You know, is Fournette hurt? Is he going to play? Will White get most of them? Will the running game even yield anything? Like, there's all these kind of questions I think and issues around them. So, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. Yeah, we'll move on to our bus. So obviously, Kyler Murray. He only played three downs. Mac Jones, Kenny Pickett, Davis Mills, Tyler Huntley, Mike White. So almost all of these guys got injured, uh, except for Mac Jones and Davis Mills. They were the only two who played the entirety of the game. Um, but they all had bad weeks. Uh, Mac Jones, he, uh, he did not actually play bad if you watched the game. But all of the touchdowns for the Patriots this week or this past week 
were for, through their running backs or from their defense. So mm. if you're not throwing touchdowns as a or running for touchdowns as a quarterback, then you're unless you throw for an insane amount of yardage, you're just not gonna you're just not gonna have a good fantasy week. So it's one of those times yeah. where good NFL play didn't translate to good uh, fantasy play. You know? Yeah, and that that one's a hard one because. The Patriots are right there battling for a wild card spot. Um, and you know they're going to be competitive in the last couple of weeks, but you know Bill Belichick is going to make them play perfect football, which is not always good for fantasy. So that's a yeah. I think that's a real tough one when it comes to Patriot players, even though they're going to be in the thick of it every week. They also have a brutal stretch until the regular season is over of opponents. So even if trying to play perfect football to to get the wins like they're still having tough matchups like they got Cincinnati I think they have Miami and Buffalo as well in there it's it's not going to be easy for them by any means and unfortunately they just don't have that offensive firepower you know to keep up with the other teams so maybe their defense can bail them out and keep things relatively close and they can squeak out a win or two but it's going to be very tough for them yeah definitely at running back for Conquerors, we had Jarek McKinnon, Christian McCaffrey, Miles Sanders, Austin Eckler, Tony Pollard, Derek Henry, and James Conner. So, I mean, James Conner basically had to become the entirety of the Cardinals' offense after Kyler Murray went down. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, and then at one point it looked like he was going to leave with a shoulder injury, but thankfully it was just something brief and he came back later in the game because I don't know what they would do. You got Colt McCoy throwing the ball and a nobody running the ball because they got rid of Eno Benjamin as soon as uh, James Conner came back. So, <laughs> and you know, what? actually I want to touch on that because this is the second time now that's happened to Eno Benjamin because the Texans picked him up to be behind Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce got hurt this weekend and the Texans released Eno Benjamin on Tuesday. So I don't know what is going on there. Like yeah, it's gotta be something most, with him. It must be because most teams can have two Sometimes even three running backs. Like you don't have to have one. So there must be something with him because most teams have minimum two that you know that can start, that can play, and sometimes even three. Yeah. And when he filled in for James Conner, he was good. He did very well. So it was a huge surprise when they cut him from Mm -hmm. the Cardinals. And then he got picked up by the Texans. And then everyone was worried okay, well, what's this going to mean for Damian Pierce? You know, like, are they going to make it a backfield committee what are they going to do and then it seemed like with how they only were using pierce okay maybe he's just an insurance option and then pierce gets hurt and now they need that insurance option and they release him (laughs) i i don't it's got to be something in the locker room with this guy because i see no other explanation for it it's absolutely ridiculous like it has to be something like that there's no way but, uh, we'll move on to bus. So we had Travis Etienne, Saquon Barkley, the entire Dolphins backfield, the entire Bills backfield, and the entire Lions backfield, Michael Carter, and Kareem Hunt. So this is the second week in a row now that we've had entire backfields they just couldn't disappear. Done. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so disappointed in, in Saquon. I mean, Philadelphia, but still. I would have yeah, thought the Giants they, uh, would have put up a little bit more of a fight. But. Well, the problem is they fell behind too quickly. Hmm. They didn't make it a competitive game off the start. Because I think if they had, then Saquon Barkley could have had a good game. Because yeah. they still are not great at defending the run game. But hmm. 
when you all of a sudden are down by three touchdowns, you, you can't waste time running the ball down their throat. You have to pass, and that's what they're great at stopping. Yeah, they just couldn't. They could. They couldn't take themselves out of that hole. No, no, it's uh, and I mean it's tough. We've seen the Eagles do it all season, but the teams that do well against them, or at least have close games with them, are the teams that run the ball strong off the start and keep things close. You know, if you can prevent them from getting a touchdown on their first or second drive, then you have a chance to basically make them play kind of on their back foot and you can, you can then run the ball, kill the clock, you know, make your offense stay on the field and exhaust their defense rather than your defense getting just destroyed by how powerful their offense is. Mm. But the giants did not have it in them this week to pull that off. Uh, we'll move on to wide receivers. So we had Jerry, Judy, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, Mike Williams, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Chris Moore. So Chris Moore for the Texans just uh, decided to bring in 10 receptions for 124 yards. And that helped probably nobody in terms of fantasy. Maybe if you uh, do daily fantasy sports and you put him into your lineup as like a Hail Mary, he worked out for you. Yeah. But uh, he might be more involved this week if Damian Pierce is out. I'm not sure if Brandon Cooks is coming back this week or not. So if you if your playoff uh, if you're in the playoffs and you need a miracle, maybe <laughs> maybe look his way. I don't know. You would, yeah, I don't know if you, if you're relying on a Texan this week. I don't know. I, I mean, they are playing <laughs> the Chiefs, so they might they should be throwing a lot. Yeah, they should. But. Be. Uh, you know, I wouldn't watch that game if I was you. <laughs> I would just no. put him in your lineup and hope for the best. Yeah, yeah. Um, Bust last week, well, we had T. Higgins since he didn't. He played for one snap. Uh, Tyler Boyd played for, I think, two snaps. Uh, DJ Moore, Jalen Waddell, the entire Bills receiving core, Darius Slayton, Amari Cooper, and Devontae Parker. So both Gabe Davis and Stefan Diggs had bad weeks. They both had three catches. Davis had 31 yards. Diggs had 37 yards. So yeah, rough week to be starting one or both of them. I mean, that uh, that New York Jets defense, they're the real deal this year. Like they're, They are. They are shutting a lot of really good offenses down. But the other part of it is I don't think Buffalo's offense is playing – at the level they have been for most of the season. I think they're the foot's starting to come off the gas pedal there with Josh Allen's injury, and they don't really have a consistent ground game to rely on. Yeah, I, I definitely um, I definitely think they haven't been performing up to, to the part that they can. I don't know if it, you know it's necessarily pushed the panic button yet, but I do think they've definitely slowed down. Um, I don't know what their like problem is with with Devin Singletary because he certainly does produce. Like I understand that he's not, you know, he's not not the best running back in the league by any stretch of the imagination, but he does produce when given an opportunity. And even in I'm you know even just talking fantasy wise, he can get you some consistent points. Like he's a pretty good flex option. If you really need somebody like he's good. I've had him on my bench for a while since a trade. And I kind of like having someone where it's like, yeah, I mean, he might get seven points. He might get 15 points, but it's very rare that he's going to get, you know, four. It happens, but it's, it's much rarer than you see maybe once every five or six games. So 
I don't know. I don't know what their issue is with him. I don't know why they can't get consistency there, but they better snap out of it because there's a lot of teams coming right behind them for playoffs here. Yeah, the uh, AFC East is very, very close, yeah. very tight. Um, yeah, because Bills have 10 wins, and I believe the Patriots and Jets are at the bottom with only seven. So, yeah, yeah only so- three games between first and fourth there. And all four of those teams battling for playoff spots. And it's, you know, they still doesn't mean they're going to win their division here. Like that they might ha- get into a wildcard position, which they don't, I don't think for the bills. I don't think that's good. Like, I don't think them going on the road um, against one of those powerhouses is a good idea for them. I think they really need to try to, to stay on one of those top spots, but you know, you got to be careful. The dolphins have had a couple rough weeks too, but you never know. Like this game's huge in terms of just playoff, you know, seeding this weekend between the the Bills and the Dolphins. It's going to be a pretty big battle. Absolutely. And uh, if the Bills manage to eke out the win here, that could be pretty devastating for the Dolphins because if the Patriots and Jets could both win this week, they all have the same record then. Yeah. Yeah. So it. Uh, yeah. It, and. They're, the Charters are also sniffing around for a playoff spot as well. So if they can beat the Titans, that would change things up in the playoff picture as well. So there's not a lot of room for error if you're on that bubble right now. The Chargers have, have turned things around a little bit here. Like they've they've gotten a little, I mean, you know, they're kind of hitting this, hitting this, hitting this. But before their bye week, they had won a bunch of games. You know, they, they got a good win against Miami. So, yeah, I mean, the Chargers are right there. Yeah, and I think I I can see them getting into a bit of a shootout here with the Titans because they have a the Chargers have a terrible run defense and the Titans have Derrick Henry. The Titans have a terrible passing defense and the Chargers have Justin Herbert with all of his weapons back. So I think that could be a pretty explosive game. Not I don't know how comfortable I would be starting Eckler against them because of how strong the Titans run defense is. Um, but he, <laughs> but he is, he is used in the passing game enough that yes. hopefully he can, he can make up for it la- like he did last week. Cause last week he did nothing on the ground. Everything came through the air for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully he can have a repeat of that because otherwise he's going to really hurt you for fantasy this week. I, I second guess myself a lot and every single time, I make a quick change on Sunday morning because of an analyst saying something like you just said. I it always goes bad for me. I've got <laughs> my lineup set, barring an injury, Eckler's in. Yep. I, I mean that's the thing, is he is such a good player that even in a bad matchup, you still have to roll the dice with him because yeah. he he only needs one thing to go right and he will house it. And then you had a good fantasy week anyways. Right. Um, But yeah, like his, his rushing yards over the past, he hasn't broken a hundred rushing yards since week five. So all of his volume in terms of fantasy points has been coming through the passing game. So hopefully he can just keep that up this week because otherwise the the Titans are going (laughs) to, are going to make him be one of the worst options this week. I would say, (laughs) So now I have Eckler in another league, so I'm I'm rooting for him too, but I'm kind of doing it with 
with my eyes closed and I don't know if I'm going to be watching that game. Yeah, I mean I'm torn between what I'm going to watch and not watch this weekend. So, it's going to yeah. be it's going to be a tight it's going to be tough. It's going to be really stressful. I'm actually already feeling stressed about it. <laughs> Which yeah. sucks. That's fair. I I'm feeling pretty good about mine, but you know, like like we saw last week, injuries can come out of nowhere and just absolutely disrupt your week. So, it's 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 tough now. Now it's real. You're in the playoffs, and every every decision counts now. Yeah, yeah. It's, the season's over. One one uh, loss, and we're done. And it can happen to any of us. We've seen we've seen it in our league. We've seen it in other leagues. First, second, third, fourth, getting getting beat by by the lower seated opponent. It happens all the time. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, we're. I'll go back to the review for last week, but just real quick, I just want to say how scared I am that I have Alvin Kamara in my starting lineup right now. Why are you With, scared about that? Because of uh, just how the just Saints are, just how the Saints are, and how bad they have been as an offense, and they haven't really relied on him. Like the last time he scored more than ten fantasy points was Week Eight, and now I'm rolling him out because the matchup is so good against Atlanta, but. I, that's one I don't think I'm going to be able to watch. Like, I I just don't know if I have it in me. I don't I don't think I have the stones to watch that game. I'm just yeah, going to pray I mean, for the best on that one. I think if I were you, it would be hard for me to put Kamari in over Bam Knight because of how ridiculous he's been, and because you know they're playing Detroit, who can score, but defensively they're pretty hit and miss. But I mean. But they turned they turned it around in terms of run defense too. I know they have, but like I don't know. I still think they're hit and miss. Like I don't think Detroit's the real deal on defense. Alvin Kamara, he's had so many terrible weeks. Like yeah, could he could he could get you thirty three points <laughs> against Atlanta like he did against uh, Vegas, or he could get you two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you just that's what know. I'm talking about. Because Atlanta's like, trash. So, <laughs> but now so. Since week eight, when he had a, that massive game, they played the Ravens, the Steelers, the Rams, the 49ers, and the Buccaneers. So that's five very strong defenses mm-hmm. uh, because that was around, I think, when the Steelers got TJ Watt back and they've been back to a strong defense again. So I'm I'm taking solace in that, is that the entire offense just sucked because the defense was so good and Atlanta could be a chance for them to get things right. But yeah. I am... Anyone else... Anybody else who's out there who's starting Camara, I feel your pain. I'm I'm just plugging them in and I'm not watching. Yeah. But we'll finish up the week 14 wrap up. Um, tight end position to conquerors. We had Evan Ingram, David and Joku. I don't think I'm going to say his name right. Uh, Chigozim Akonquo, Dalton Schultz and Dawson Knox. So despite the fact that I can't say his name properly, Okonkwo is actually a pretty interesting um, opportunity if you're streaming tight ends because Austin Hooper can't get it done and Traylon Burks is still out with concussion. So he's someone to keep an eye on. He might burn you, but he might uh, he might score another touchdown and six, uh, six receptions for 45 yards and a touchdown is a lot better than most tight ends going to get you any week. Yeah. Don't chase the Evan Ingram points. Also, (laughs) that was the best game of his career and will remain the best game of his career. I Mm -hmm. I would not chase him looking to see a repeat of that. Yeah. 
Um, at the busts, we had Jordan Akins, Cameron Brait, Mark Andrews, Daniel Bellinger. So we already talked about Mark Andrews. He's been in a slump lately with everything that's going on. And Daniel Bellinger for the Giants, he came back from that pretty bad eye injury. He hasn't done much since he's been back, but the two games that he's been back, the Giants have not done much offensively overall either. So if you're in need of a streaming candidate, I, I would still look his direction too. But uh, at this point, if you're still streaming tight ends, you got to go just solely off matchups. All right, Mike, we'll move on to our week 15 starts and sits. There's some interesting ones in here. Well, it's the playoffs. We got to keep it interesting. <laughs> well, I, I like how at least three times you've brought up the the idea of you've just got to play these people and not watch the game, <laughs> which yeah. is interesting. Like you're, but but that that is what it is sometimes, especially in the playoffs. You, this is the least control we have. Like like we have any, but we have some at least during the week. If you lose a game, it's not the worst thing in the world. You can rebound next week. This is it. <laughs> so I hear it. Yeah. Like just for your own mental health, you know, just, just don't put yourself through that. Yeah. You know, if, if you are gambling with Alvin Kamara, you are just going to be beyond frustrated every time they score a touchdown and it's not him or they're throwing when they should be running or they give some backup running back a carry near the goal line instead of Kamara for whatever reason, just don't do it to yourself. Just, yeah. Look, watch some other football. Maybe you get a nice game update and Kamara score a touchdown or you get the alert on your phone and then you're happy. Yeah. You know, get that little uh, little dopamine rush. But And maybe uh, you're playing, don't watch. maybe you're playing, you know, Taylor Heineke and he's the first male to ever give birth ever on the field and uh, he doesn't play the rest of the game because that's my luck. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, is this... On. <laughs> okay. All right. You're just afraid that Grim Reaper is going to come for you. Okay. Well, yeah, that would be what would happen. He would okay. be the first male in human history to give birth because I played him this week. You know, I, I think there's some other factors that would probably have to be involved, but I, I get your point. Something could go terribly wrong and he gets you zero points. I understand. <laughs> I like stunned you into silence. All right. You, let's yeah. Do this. Let's, I, for, <laughs> let's I, week 15. <laughs> there was, I, I was just sitting there like, there's no way I just heard what I did, but <laughs> All right. At quarterbacks for week 15 starts, we got Mike White, Justin Herbert, and Tua Tagovailoa. I know we talked about him a bit, but you, you've got to talk to me about Mike White here. Because of the injury concerns, I would just be hesitant to play him this week. So you do need to keep an eye on him. He is expected to play, but that could change come Saturday. They might say, nope, we're not going to put him in the starting lineup. We're going to go with... Uh, we're going to go with Zach Wilson because they did name him as the backup. And they have made comments early in the year that uh, they plan to get him on the field again before the season is over. So you're kind of playing with fire with Mike White. But outside of that game against Buffalo, he's been very well, very good for fantasy. He's connected with the receivers in a way that uh, Zach Wilson was not able to. Garrett Wilson has exploded alongside of him. And he still managed to put up 10 points despite leaving the game twice and then going to the hospital after the game as a precaution against the Bills. Mm. So if he had been able to play a full game, I think he, uh, without being in as much pain as he clearly was, I think he could have had a much stronger game. And they're going up against the Lions, who 
like we talked about last week, they've done a weird 180, and now they suck at defending the pass, and quarterbacks and wide receivers have great games against them. So as long as he is healthy and able to play this full game, I think he could have a very, very good week. Because like we talked about, the Lions are able to score a lot. We'll see if maybe the Jets' defense slows them down for a bit. But if they're able to at least make it a competitive game, then the Jets are going to keep passing, and he should do fine. Yeah, I, I would, so long as he's healthy, um, despite the strong uh, defense of, of the Jets, I, I would predict this game to be pretty high scoring. So there's, yeah, there's some logic to that, I think. Oh, thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> At running back. If you, got... you know, Josh, I've learned that if you talk long enough, you're eventually going to say something smart. Yeah, like, uh, like Michael Scott from The Office, you know? Exactly. I I just <laughs> you're bound, you're bound to hit at one point in time. <laughs> you're yeah. bound to hit, you know, eventually. <laughs> yeah, eventually I'll figure out something. Yeah, exactly. Somehow you manage. That's the name of his book. <laughs> <laughs> All right, at running back, we've got Jake A. Dobbins, Isaiah Pacheco, and David Montgomery. All right, uh, Isaiah Pacheco, you were really high on this guy many, many weeks ago, and then he kind of disappeared. So so what are you seeing with him back now? Well, he's still the main guy for the Chiefs. Um, I know Derek McKinnon had the huge game last week, but that all came through the passing game. Pacheco's still getting the majority of the carries for the Chiefs, and this week they're going up against the Texans. So the Texans are terrible against opponent uh, opposing running backs. Is there anything the Texans are good at? Um, not scoring. Okay. Um, blowing draft picks. Uh, not scoring. <laughs> yeah, good. you know. Yeah, scoring during garbage time, they're they are good at, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. but the Chiefs are going to end up. I, I don't expect this to be a repeat of last week, where for some reason it was actually a really competitive game that the Cowboys almost lost. Yeah. Um, I just think Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense is way too powerful to even allow that to be a consideration, especially since the uh, Texans main weapon in Damian Pierce is now going to be out for this game. Yeah. Uh, so what that should mean is that the uh, Chiefs end up with a high, high lead early and they focus on running the ball and Isaiah Pacheco gets a bunch of carries against a very terrible defense and should either get in the end zone or put up a bunch of yardage. Either way, you're probably going to be happy starting him this week. There you go. A wide receiver, we've got Keenan Allen, Garrett Wilson, and Chris Olave. All right, Chris Olave. Let's talk about him. So despite the shoddy quarterback play and weird decisions that the New Orleans Saints have been making, uh, Chris Olave is still the main receiving option for the Saints. And we've already talked about with Kamara how they're going up against the Falcons, who are of a very bad defense. So you we're going to week one of the playoffs. You want someone who is going to be getting the ball thrown to him quite a lot. You got that checked off with Chris Olave, and you want someone who has a good matchup against their opponent opposing defense, and you've got that with Chris Olave. So he is a great option as a wide receiver too, or your flex for the week. Hmm. At tight ends, we've got Dawson Knox, Gerald Everett, and Tyler Conklin. I was surprised to see Dawson Knox on your list just because of the, the nature of this game, but what are, you, what are you seeing there? Well, I think this is going to... Uh, 
this is going to depend on what game we end up getting. You know, do we end up getting the bit more of a high scoring one or do we get the the 10 seven style? Um, assuming it is more than just a few, one touchdown each, then mm. Dawson Knox should be able to have a decent game against the Dolphins. The Dolphins are a pretty weak team defense against opposing tight ends. And the Bills should be able to put up boards against, uh, sorry, put points up on the board against the Dolphins because their defense has not been very strong. Obviously, the weather could throw a wrench in all of that. But if a team does want to do passes in poor weather conditions, more often than not, they're going to do short passes to try to limit things going wrong and the ball getting thrown by the wind, anything like that. And that's where tight ends normally make their bread and butter is those shallow crossing routes. Like you look at Mark Andrews, that's the majority of his routes. And then you see if they can make a play afterwards, right? Because they're hard to bring down because they're typically bigger bodied guys. So I think he has a chance to do pretty well, especially if the game does end up being a bit more high scoring than we think it's going to be. But really, you're probably going to need him to get into the end zone again and do some weird spin jump helicopter to get into the end zone like he did last week. It has potential to be such a terrible game, which, as you said earlier, that's it's just a shame considering where these two yeah. teams are, what these offenses are. Could it could be really entertaining, but I think it's going to be a real tough one with that weather. Yeah, absolutely. And I think... I think it favors the Bills, though, because they're used to it. The Dolphins don't often get weather like that down mm-hmm. in Florida. Um, I think it would be different if this was like uh, a Minnesota Buffalo or a New England versus Buffalo, because you get two teams who are used to playing in really cold and bad conditions. Yeah. But it is what it is. It is what it is. We'll move on to the sits for the week. So at quarterback, we've got Desmond Ritter, Colt McCoy, and Aaron Rodgers. I didn't take the bait. Let's talk about <laughs> McCoy. <laughs> well, McCoy uh, is now the starting quarterback for the Cardinals with Carla Murray exiting for the season. And his, you, we can pretty much call last week his first start because he played all but three snaps. And that was against the Patriots, which did not go well for him. And now he gets to go up against the Denver Broncos, who are another strong defense that actually just got three interceptions off Patrick Mahomes. So even though the Chiefs put up a lot of points against them, Mahomes got picked three times. And Mahomes is a much better quarterback than Colt McCoy is. So I think, like, I get it if you had Kyler Murray and you want to just play his backup, but maybe look for a streamer this week, and then you can bust out Colt McCoy if you need to against a weaker defense. At running back, we've got Jamal Williams, Travis Etienne Jr., and Saquon Barkley. Yeah, I thought it would be nice to kind of touch upon both Travis Etienne and Saquon Barkley. Um, reason being, like, Etienne, I kind of just want to hear your thoughts on, on what you think is going on with Jacksonville. But for Barkley, I'm just surprised because he did have an all right game uh, against uh, the Commanders last time out. So what do you see that's different this week? Well, I'll start with Barkley, I guess, because Barkley's been in a bit of a slump lately when you compare to how he was at the beginning of the year. Um, He hasn't broken 20 fantasy points in the past four weeks. Uh, And that was against... The last time that he broke 20 points was against the Texans defense that we just finished talking about. So since Mm -hmm. then, against Detroit and Dallas, and the Commanders, 
he was all just middle of the pack. Actually, sorry, Detroit, he had a terrible game. Dallas and Washington, he was middle of the pack. And then against the Eagles, he was uh, he had a terrible game as well. So the the commanders are ranked number three against opposing running backs. That's a very tough matchup. And with how, I guess, disappointing he has been in the past few weeks, I don't know if I'd be willing to bet that this is the week that he overcomes it in this matchup. I think if you can get through this week, then next week's much it will keep getting better as the fantasy playoffs go on for you, but this is a tough week for him. And as for Travis Etienne, he's going up against the Cowboys defense who are strong all over and they have a strong offense. While the Jaguars have a pretty bad defense, I don't think that they're going to be able to repeat what they did last week and win the shootout by abusing the secondary like they did in Tennessee because the Cowboys is so strong at defending the pass. Yeah, what a week that was for them, though. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, But Travis Etienne hasn't broken 10 points since week nine. Like the last time when he played the Ravens, he had 0.3 fantasy points. This is standard scoring, by the way. 0.3 points, 4.6 points, 3.2 points. And that was against all top 10 run defenses. And guess what? Dallas is a top 10 run defense as well. Mm-hmm. So I think the Jaguars are going to end up playing from behind and Trevor Lawrence is going to be throwing the ball plenty in this one. Unfortunately, it doesn't seem like he wants to throw it to ETN. He doesn't do the quick check downs to him. He likes to go to his wide receivers and Evan Ingram for some reason. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, this is just not a good matchup for ETN. And again, yeah. we're in the playoffs now. So you have to consider what other options you have. Like if ETN is by far the best running back that you have, then I get it. You've got to play him. Same thing with Barkley. If he's the best you've got, go for it. But if you have good options, maybe look at the matchups a little more closely. Yeah, that's fair. At wide receiver, we got Marquise Brown, Darnell Mooney, and Drake London. Drake London. So Drake London is the last good option for the Falcons passing game. (laughs) Um, I mean, he's just, by nature of surviving, he has earned that title, I guess. Yeah, he's still putting on his uniform and playing. Exactly, yeah. So by that point, I mean, what else can he ask for on their roster, really? But he hasn't broken 10 fantasy points in standard scoring since week three. Um, wow. We've got Desmond Ritter starting his, this uh, week against a tough Saints defense. It's a divisional game. And the Falcons still seem to want to run the ball a lot and not with any one person. I know that bothers you as a Cordell Patterson manager. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're, they're, I guess, reliance on the ground game that hasn't really been effective. And now you've got a brand new quarterback coming in at, in Desmond Ritter. We have no idea how they're going to run this offense. We don't know if they're going to run the ball even more and kind of ease Ritter into things. Maybe they're going to go with an air raid, but then even then we don't know who's going to get the targets because we haven't seen him playing with these guys. London would logically be the one to get the targets, but we have not seen much logical play from the Falcons so far this season. So I would say leave him on your bench until you get a bit more of an idea of what the Falcons offense is going to operate like. But I I wouldn't be willing to roll him out in my starting lineup in the first week of the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, I think I I think you hopefully you have better options. Yes, hopefully that you do if if they've survived this long. And at tight ends, we've got Mike Kizik, Mike Gazicki, 
Evan Ingram, and Daniel Bellinger. Yeah, Mike Kaczynski. I mean, listen, maybe, maybe we need to talk about someone else because we have kind of, we've actually talked about everybody on on this tight end list except for Danielle Bellinger. So maybe we should switch because we, you've already explained, I think, what's going on in Miami. You clearly think Evan Ingram, that was it for him. Um, so again, what are you what are you seeing with Bellinger? Uh, so like I touched on briefly earlier, Bellinger's had back-to-back week performances since coming back from his eye injury. Uh, this week, the Giants are going up against the Commanders, who are a top five defense against opposing tight ends. The Giants offense in general has struggled, and this is more than likely going to be a close, low scoring game. It doesn't seem like Bellinger's the one that da- uh, Daniel Jones wants to throw the ball to in those scenarios. So I just don't think they're going to be putting up enough points to justify Daniel Bellinger being used this week. Um, yeah, quarterbacks do seem to grab those favorites where they have people they really like to throw the ball to and people who they just don't like to see out there. Like they're, they're just not into that tight end or just they don't trust the running back. Like you do see that happen. Well, they develop chemistry with certain guys, right? And then mm-hmm. it becomes a lot easier to do their job because they know where that guy's going to be. You know, there's no yeah. guesswork anymore. Like, okay, he's yeah. running this route and I know he normally drifts a couple yards to the left or to the right when he runs this type of route because I've thrown, I've practiced with him so much. So oh, that's where I'm going to put the ball. Yeah. Whereas if you have no idea what this guy's tendencies are and you don't really have that chemistry, you're putting the ball where you think it's going to, where, where you think he's going to be. And then he ends up somewhere else. And now you've got yeah. an interception or what could have been an easy touchdown. It just doesn't work out because that chemistry is not there. So I completely yeah, understand why they do it. But it's super frustrating for fantasy if you don't have that guy who's on the receiving end of it. Oh, absolutely. But uh, that is it for the week 15 starts and sits. So you can find the full article at conqueryourdraft.com. It's published every Friday. Um, if you have any questions that you want answered on the show, you can reach us through social media at Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Conquer Your Draft. You can fill out uh, on our podcast page, you can fill out a little questionnaire at uh, conqueryourdraft.com or you can email us at podcast or at contact at conqueryourdraft.com so that is it for us this week good luck uh, with the start of fantasy playoffs take care